0: in the mid 80s hollywood funny man chevy chase was at the height of his fame after a successful stint on tv saturday night live he'd proven himself as a big box office draw in such movies as caddyshack and national lampoon's vacation in 1985 chase tried his hand at something a tiny bit more serious with this 80s flick a comedy thriller which cast him in the title role an investigative journalist with a knack for sniffing out a big story and the quick wits to bluff his way to the truth. While the movie fully capitalizes on Chase's established comedic gifts, it also allowed him to play a more heroic leading man. So sit back, relax, and grab a steak sandwich from the country club that you put on the Underhills tab as Jerry D. and I discuss Fletch from 1985 on this episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast
1: ever seen a screen that large? No, not, not since breakfast. He's got lots of names. My name is Igor Stravinsky. Hi there, I'm a Harry S. Truman. I'm uh, Don Corleone.
2: Lots of charm.
1: Can I borrow your towel for a sec? My car just hit a water buffalo.
0: And lots of nerve. Playback
1: and joy. What in the heck is the matter with you? Chevy Chase is Fletch. Is series serious? Rated PG.
0: Hello movie viewers and movie lovers, my name is Tim Williams and welcome to the 80's Flick Flashback Podcast. Here we talk about all the great and sometimes not so great movies from the 1980's. From blockbusters to cult classics to lesser known treasures we discovered on cable TV or the now defunct video rental stores from our childhood. No matter which 80s flick we choose for each episode, we have a lot of fun sharing memories, discussing our favorite scenes, and even learning some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and follow 80s Flick Flashback on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave us a stellar written review and a five-star rating. You can also support the show by following us on our social media pages. Just search for 80s Flick Flashback on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And go ahead and check out our website, 80sflickflashback.com, for more great 80s content. Now, let's jump right into this episode. Thanks for listening. And a
1: steak sandwich, and a steak sandwich. And a steak sandwich. (laughs)
0: I love this movie. I'm so excited to do this movie. Welcome right. in everybody. So glad to have you on this episode of the 80s flick flashback podcast. Uh, it's going to be a good one. And I know I say that almost every episode, but if it's not a good one, I'm not going to put it out. So just know it's going to be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but I also know it's going to be a good one because I got my good friend, Mr. Jerry D from the Totally Rad Christmas podcast back again. So say hello to everybody, Jerry. Hey, guys. How's it going? How are you doing, Tim? I am doing well, man. I appreciate you being on here. Uh, We've we've been trying to record a podcast, it seems like, for like six months. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then during my
3: busy season, which is like September from December, it's really hard to schedule anything. Yeah. um just because all sorts of stuff gets moved around oh yeah yeah because you're yeah you're supposed to have been on my show already uh, a few times i think and and (laughs) uh, but you know life happens and oh um, yeah yeah. i'm just
0: glad i'm here because this is one of my favorites (laughs) i'm so glad to have you on this one so we're talking about fletch uh 1985 chevy chase this is i'll say it from from the get-go i love the vacation movies i'm a big christmas vacation fan But Fletch is my ultimate all time favorite Chevy Chase movie like it is the goat of Chevy Chase movies for me. I know a lot of people like Caddyshack and I respect them for that. But this is Mm -hmm. my this is this is my and I think this might have no, this wasn't my introduction to Chevy Chase, but this is the one that I became like a big fan of his. So, So let's jump right in. When did you see Fletch for the first time? So I I don't
3: remember the exact day, but I know it was in the '80s because <laughs> uh, it came out in '85. So I don't mm-hmm. think I saw it immediately in '85. Um, I think yeah. we saw it in a uh, video rental because mm-hmm. it was it was huge in the rentals. I know. it oh, got, yeah. Made like tons, like millions, just in rentals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know my dad rented it uh, because I remember him watching this, and then like it seemed like the next day, but I'm pretty sure it was actually like a few years later <laughs> that he ended up watching like like Fletch Lives, you know, mm-hmm. that one, but. This, yeah, I mean it was just it was funny. I didn't get everything because you know I was I was young enough to not oh, understand yeah, yeah. it at all. But uh I, I was still old enough to to laugh at all his silliness, you know, the, mm-hmm. the fake teeth, the wigs. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that that Afro bit where he's playing basketball against mm-hmm. Kareem is, is yeah. like one of my favorites. <laughs> um it, it was just it was fun. And I loved it so much that um, we would watch it sporadically throughout Mm the nineties. And then when I went to college, it was one of the few tapes that I actually owned for our VHS player. And so, you know, of course it was college, so you'd go out and stuff, but um, whenever my roommate was gone and I didn't feel like doing anything, I would just put Fletch on (laughs) and just enjoy it with like a pizza, you know, I mean, it was fantastic. Oh yeah.
0: This is definitely one of those like guilty pleasure, uh, comfort film. Uh, there's a podcast I call comfort films. And I, I keep saying that now that I've, I've kind of been in contact <laughs> with them, but, but they, they're doing, they're doing a good job. They talk about movies that just make you, they, they're like, you know, it's like a, a it's a it's the Mac and cheese of movies. It's like the movies yeah. that just, <laughs> it's just comforting. And so I love, I love that. But yeah, I'm the same way. I did not see this in the theater. It was probably a rental cause we were big in renting. I think at that point, you know, Yeah. but it probably was cable too. Cause we were, you know, we, I've said before we had HBO, um, mm-hmm. when I was younger. And so this being a PG, PG movie, it would play constantly during the day. Right. And so you could turn it on any point in the morning, afternoon, early evening. until like nine o'clock, I think it was when they started showing stuff that was rated R. Um, right. so it, it would be on and it's like an hour 40 maybe. So it get it can get played a bunch. So, but I'm saying with you, I had, I had a VHS copy of this and I think I got it kind of the same thing. I'm running college. Cause at one point, like right before DVDs became like the thing and mm-hmm. VHS was still like, you know, what people were buying, they did like a retro series where they had like the old, it was like a reissue, but I they remember. were older, older movies. And I had yeah. that, that retro that had like, it was a different cover. And so, uh, so I remember having that and same thing in college. That was one of those like, have you seen Fletch? Oh man, I love Fletch. Let's watch it tonight. You know, just you <laughs> yeah. know, you meet somebody, it's like that's you know, it's one of those movies where like, have you seen this movie? Of course I've seen this movie. What am I an idiot? Uh and so, <laughs> but then you know that that's the person you can, you know, use the quotes to uh, you know, put on the Underhill's bill. Um, on the underhills tab. yeah, yeah. And uh guest, senor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can I borrow your towel? Uh just hit a water buffalo. <laughs> just hit a water buffalo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: how long had it been uh since you watched it? before rewatching watching it for the podcast
3: uh so before watching it for this one uh i probably hadn't seen it in uh, about three years okay. mostly just because of time yeah um i don't get a lot of chances unfortunately to watch movies that i want to watch <laughs> because of the kids you know mm-hmm. uh, I've, at this point i've seen uh you know uh, encanto and all those uh, oh yeah so many times <laughs> but uh, I, I don't really get to watch movies that i want to watch except when I have to do something for my podcast or for someone else's podcast. Yeah, exactly. So be, before then. Yeah. It's been about <laughs> three years since I've seen it, mm-hmm. um, which is a shame. Cause I love this movie. You're right. It's so quotable mm-hmm. Chevy chase. I think this is like peak Chevy chase. Yeah. You know, It's yeah. like the apex of his comedy career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could tell that, you know, he was improving and he was just, it was flowing and mm-hmm. I mean it was great. But um, yeah, before this, it's probably about three years.
0: Yeah. I know. I've watched it a few times. I used to have it on DVD mm-hmm. and then I bought the digital copy like probably a year ago. Like knowing I was starting this podcast, I started like, you know, beefing up my my uh I'm I'm moving now away from digital. I bought a bunch of stuff digital for a while, but then I'm like, I miss now doing the podcast, the digital versions, you don't get a lot of the special features. So right. you know, it's a bargain because it's cheaper, but I don't get everything that I would want if I had like the actual D V D or Blu-ray. So right. um but I remember re—I I remember rewatching this movie probably in like maybe two thousand six, two thousand seven, maybe. And mm-hmm. I had not seen it then, and pro- for probably like a good ten, at least a good ten years. And oh, I think well, that yeah. was when I found it. It was on DVD, you know, probably at Walmart again. And I was like, "Oh, I'm <laughs> going to get the DVD." And I remember watching it, and that was kind of right when Ryan Reynolds was starting to kind of become the comedy guy. He, I think he had just done, um, I think I'd seen him in Just Friends, which is one of my, which is probably oh, one of my like favorite, one, yeah. yeah, Ryan <laughs> Christmas movie, it's a Christmas it is, yeah. movie, if you, covered it, if you haven't covered it yet, I want to be on that episode, please, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and I remember like thinking, going back and watching, I was like, man, Ryan Reynolds basically stole the, I mean, he like, he had to have watched Fletch a million times to get some of that, that dead yeah. man, the the quick whips you know the little little side comments and stuff and i was like man and that, that was back and i was like they need to redo this movie like reboot it and have ryan reynolds play fletch and so that was like my big cat recasting choice for a long time i i don't think it'd be the same now he's kind of right his comedy's kind of evolved a little bit he's not quite that same
2: mm-hmm. doesn't
0: do that that, that same humor as much but uh we'll talk about reboots and all that kind of stuff maybe uh, towards the end, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, but since like, I remember watching it then I've, I've probably seen it a few times since then, but I can't, I can't remember the last time before watching it for this one, but Mm -hmm. this is one of the few ones where I had time to watch it more than once before recording. And I was, I still enjoyed it. Like I watched it, you know, on Saturday, I watched it again today and still, you know, still recorded the same lines, still laughed at some of the same scenes. So uh, (laughs) it's, it's so good like it it's you're right it's
3: super quotable mm-hmm. the music it's like that that yes. 80s synth i mean it's uh harold faltermeyer yeah you know, exactly did, uh, uh beverly, hills cop. beverly hills cop you know so it's it's just that that 80s synth but it's mm-hmm. just it's got that same you know that same drive you know it's, yeah it's a lot of uh, a lot of eighth notes just just mm-hmm. oh man it it You
0: hear it and you're like, I'm in, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. I was kind of, I was watching some stuff after after I'd rewatched it today. I was working on my notes and I was kind of, sometimes I'll just, I'll kind of go through YouTube and see if they've got any, you know, obscure, you know, interviews or just any kind of behind the scenes stuff. And so there was a Siskel and Ebert review, like the original review of Siskel and Ebert. (laughs) And they showed the car chase scene uh you know when he he the kid with the, kid? the car, yeah Which was, <laughs> I love that scene
3: that's a good one yeah uh,
0: and I'm so I'm not even sure that's illegal anymore right right, right. <laughs> are you gonna arrest me uh are you a cop as far as you know and so uh, I think I think it was Gene yeah Gene Siskel was saying that he was like he's like you know they re-edited that car chase scene after Beverly Hills Cop you've got the great music the soundtrack like he was comparing it to how they saw what worked in Beverly Hills Cop and kind of worked it right. in this movie as well. I was like, he's probably not wrong, but it's yeah, yeah. also probably why. Like once again, when I watched it again uh, on Saturday after not seeing it for a while, as soon as that music hit, dum, 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 i was like, I was like, oh man, I am back. Let's let's go. Yeah. Like, it Just it like opened up all the nostalgia uh, mm-hmm. uh, areas in my brain. It was like, oh man, I forgot how great the soundtrack I- is.
3: I miss like good eighties synth scores. Yeah. You know? Oh the yeah. Terminator, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills cop, you know, this Any, one, I mean, anything. Yeah. Anything by John Carpenter. John Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's something about it. Just an eighties, just, just the synth score that, mm-hmm. Oh man, it just, it's so good. Trancers has another really great. Oh one. yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you don't really get a lot of that. And the sense that you do get really a lot of nowadays are try to replicate, actual instruments most mm-hmm. of the time and mm-hmm. and of course the sound quality is, is just so much better yeah that it's, it's just i miss it you know it, it really can make a movie like this one um it adds a little bit of suspense to it you mm-hmm. know kind of like you said it was a you know a comedy thriller and it does add that you know thriller bit you know that mm-hmm. painting yeah. you know it just adds a little bit of something and then like you wouldn't get that if it was like just strings or anything mm-hmm. i mean it really brings you in but at the same time because it's synth it's also mm-hmm. like okay that's it's not
0: like super serious here yeah <laughs> you just did you just did the melody and i was like wait a minute what did i do i did lethal weapon for some reason like why did that get a suck in my head dun, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. that's totally the weapon what you did with the uh the actual fletch theme and so yeah <laughs> my brain my brain jumped to lethal weapon all of a sudden so
1: And now, these messages. Coming soon to a cell phone near you. A show for all the manly men out there. Where guys talk about their favorite movies and what they can teach us about being a man. Featuring the coolest guests.
2: Murder is not like killing an ant.
1: The most gratifying laughs.
0: It's Tombstone, what can I say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: A fresh take on movies like you've never heard before. This will be the thing that gets written on his proverbial Tombstone. We aren't here to criticize the movies you love, but to praise them for how they apply to our lives as husbands, fathers, and really all men in general. So buckle your seat belts, because Manly Movies is coming your way on March 31st. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or your other favorite podcast catcher, and remember, man up.
0: <sighs> what seems to be the problem, pal? There's
3: just so much pain in the world, so many issues, I don't think I can bear it.
0: Hell friendo, it sounds like you could use a dose of pop culture roulette.
3: Pop culture roulette? What's that? Some sort of pop culture-themed podcast or something?
0: That's right, sonny boy. When hope seems far, dive into some PCR!
3: But I already get my entertainment news from Variety.
0: Huh, that's pretty good. If you're a chucklehead, PCR gives you news you need, condensed, unfiltered, and raw, from three nerds who know a little something about something. Wow, okay, sign me up. That's the spirit. Pop culture roulette. New episodes every Monday, available on all major podcast directories. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about how the movie got made. I'm I'm all in. Let's go. Yeah, So Gregory McDonald was a reporter for the Boston Globe before quitting his job to write his first Fletch novel in 1973. It was published in 74, great year, the year I was born, and became a bestseller. (laughs) He actually churned out nine more Fletch-related novels over the next decade. So then King Hitzig Productions acquired the novel's film rights. After multiple attempts to get cameras rolling at Columbia Pictures, production on the film stalled, and the rights were eventually acquired by producer Jonathan Burroughs in 76. But after Columbia Pictures passed on the film, Burroughs shopped the film around at every studio in Hollywood, I love this trying a new tactic. He submitted the script with a different title and put it in a different color binder. Despite the <laughs> efforts, there was still no talk takers, even Universal Studios, the company that would eventually go on to produce and distribute the movie. I was like, hey, you got to be creative in Hollywood, especially back then, like different title, <laughs> different uh, colored binder. Maybe they won't know it's the same. Script. Maybe they won't
3: know it's the same. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's kind of a hard script. Like, I would imagine it's kind of a yeah. hard script to get behind because mm-hmm. it deals with, like, serious material, you know, oh, it's yeah. about like drug yeah. trafficking, you know. Right. And, um, But at the same time, there's a lot of comedy to it. So it's mm-hmm. like, what is it? You know, I, I nowadays, that's no big deal. It's because of movies like Fletch that, you mm-hmm. know, we have the standard thing that shame oh, Black, yeah, yeah. you know, all the time. But at the same time, it, you know, at this time, it was like, what? I, I don't understand it. So I can mm. see why they passed. Um, yeah but they're kicking themselves
0: though <laughs> right. It's cool to think about the eighties where merging genres, I think was still new and was such a gamble, and then we saw that it worked thinking about ghostbusters, comedy, mm-hmm. and horror that was something nobody had really put those two together at least balanced very well and right. then same with this one, like I think there's another reason why I like this movie so much is I'm a big, I love a good mystery, I love a good mystery movie, like figuring yeah. out the clues. And this one added the, the, adding the comedy element, just it elevated it even more. It didn't, it wasn't too heavy and it wasn't too goofy. It it was a really good mix of the two things together. And yeah, putting that on paper, I'm sure could be hard for an executive to see how this is going to work. And then, too, Chase wasn't, wasn't uh, attached to it at that point. It's not knowing who they would want in that role. Uh, and i'm sure they all had their their ideas of the movie star they wanted and it's like it wasn't going to fit their mold of who fletch was they couldn't see it as being marketable so um. right yeah i mean it, it makes sense for the mm-hmm.
3: time but i i know when that hit big i'm sure they were just kicking themselves oh
0: of course of course yeah so but what's funny is like burroughs credits michael douglas who much earlier was considered for the lead for having the foresight and the wherewithal to get the film made his half brother, Peter Douglas ultimately co-produced the film through his film production company, Vincent pictures, which I didn't even realize that. See, that's, school. that's interesting.
3: Cause can you imagine Michael Douglas as Fletch? No. I mean, as, as the Fletch, we know, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> right. Maybe the Fletch from like the novel, right. Um, you know, who's a little more serious and cutting mm-hmm. in his, but at the same time, it's like, I can't see that at all.
0: Yeah, it's funny <laughs> it's, because yeah, yeah, and even thinking about this because I, I I recently rewatched Romancing the Stone, not for the podcast. It just it was just something I wanted is to watch. It yeah. was a good movie. I hadn't seen it when I hadn't seen in a long time. And Michael Douglas is good, but he's not a great comedy actor. Like that's not right. where his bread and butter is. Right. So even though he was kind of like he did, you know, a Rancing the Stone, Duel of the Nile, War of the Roses, he kind of did his little comedy segment there in the eighties. Mm-hmm. that you know that really wasn't his i mean look, it wasn't until he was gecko in uh wall street that he really kind of hit his real acting stride okay. i think well we're going to talk about you know casting choices it gets even more weird from from here so so when the books were optioned the author retained the right to veto casting choices <laughs> he rejected that's... both burt reynolds which you know that was the 80s I, that's, I could see yeah they, they could probably want that Mick yeah. Jagger was his second choice. Oh <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> New Jack City or something. Yeah, I'm like, no, <laughs> I just yeah. But you know, and it's funny, I've I've seen like in some of these we've seen like where they're trying to cast like rock, you know, people the actors are trying to move from the musician right. to the actor. Like David and, Bowie. And, and, yeah, David, was- yeah, it's like, but Mick Jagger, I just well, he did he did a few little small bit things in the eighties, didn't he? yeah Um, was was he in the original dune am i getting him confused with somebody no
3: no he wasn't uh sting was in dune sting that's Um, what i'm thinking of right who was it i I know he was in new jack city right um mick jagger
0: was he in new jack city
3: he was in something i don't i I just remember that i was like maybe it might
0: it might have been early 90s because i think he did some kind of sci-fi movie and somebody listening will probably, you know, send me an email. Let me know. Cause I can't remember. I don't feel like Googling it right now. So, <laughs> but anyway, so Mick Jagger was pitched of course you knew that was a bad idea. So the studio actually mentioned Chevy chase McDonald agreed, although, although he had never seen chase perform on Saturday night live or any of his other movies. So I think that's interesting that he would take a chance on chase, you know, not knowing that what he, what he could really do. So. Yeah. And,
3: and I, I read that, but I, so was it? I guess it was just on his looks. I don't understand why.
0: Um, well, I did, I, I didn't put this in my notes, but I did read like, I think when Jagger was pitched, mm-hmm. he was like, That doesn't like he saw Fletch as a young man, like a younger oh, version. Was, he was like, ooh. Mick Jagger doesn't look young. And the funny thing is, like, Chase was only like two years younger than Jagger at the time, but of course, <laughs> he looked. He looked a little bit younger. I mean, you know, Chase doesn't yeah. look that old in the movie. Like thinking about it, I no, mean, he really doesn't. He's, yeah. he's kind of he could have been anywhere from like late twenties to maybe I wouldn't say forties, but you couldn't really pin him in a certain age. I would think like late twenties right. in the thirties, maybe, but he right. he's still like, like a young a young man. Uh, so, uh, so throughout the early stages of development, Jeff Bridges, Charles Grodin, Barry Bostwick were considered. <laughs> barry bostwick
3: yeah, so um, i know charles groden actually wrote about that in his uh yeah his um autobiography mm-hmm. um but yeah uh, maybe maybe mm-hmm. barry bostwick yeah i don't think he would have been no i don't think he would have been as compelling yeah no i and think then, i think chevy chase was really the only yeah
0: actor that could have pulled it off thinking about groden his his dry humor would have been a totally different a <laughs> yeah. totally different kind of a it would have Very been a totally dry. different different type of movie. So mm-hmm. the producer burroughs wanted Richard dreyfus after Chase because uh, the Chase initially rejected it. He, he well Chase turned it down, but then he said later that he never knew the, about the offer. That a, his manager is the one who rejected it, but he would have taken it if he knew they wanted him for it. So, but uh, oh, wow. it's such a and we're we'll talking a little bit more. It's such a Chevy Chase movie. It's hard to imagine anybody mm-hmm. else in that role. Uh, yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of movies like that. Um, you know where where the character is just so iconic now that it's it's Mm -hmm. like your mind just automatically pictures that that actor Mm -hmm. and i think this is definitely one of them chevy chase he's full-on improv he's he's doing all the bits that he used to do on saturday night live Mm -hmm. i mean you know there's there's some physical comedy he he does the the whole you know looking at his wrist you know everything (laughs) everything chevy chase is in this movie right right
0: (laughs) absolutely yeah, so uh so yeah, so then they brought on Michael Ritchie to direct. Ritchie was a well-established director with well-respected credits and film hits like Robert Redford's The Candidate, The Beauty Pageant Comedy Smile, and of course his big hit Bad News Bears. So he had some he had some chops uh bringing it in. Then they got Andrew Bergman who'd earned hits with Blazing Saddles, one of several co-writers and The Inlaws, which is one he wrote himself. He was brought in to adapt the novel into a screenplay. He's, he told the New York Post, he said, I wrote it very fast. I did the first draft in four weeks, and I usually can't write a check in four weeks. So <laughs> a little bit of his humor there. So, But the original author, McDonald, read the script and was angered by the deviations from his original text. He wrote to the studio and listed his many objections. <laughs> Di- <laughs> Director Richie invited McDonald to the set and took him out to dinner, where, according to McDonald, he's a quote, unquote, point by point, he showed me where I was wrong. I was beautifully chewed out. So, <laughs> so Richie, Richie knew what he wanted. And he's even yeah. said, like I read some things where like, like later on, he, he appreciated the movie more than he did when he first saw it. Because you know, you write a book, you have your own kind of vision. And right. I know it's hard for a writer to give their movie over or give a book over to a movie studio. Right. But he but he said he's answered questions where they've said, Well, what would you what would you have done differently? He said, Well, I wasn't writing a movie, I was writing a book. And he said, probably if, if they did my book, it would be pretty boring. He said the things that he did made mm-hmm. it an enjoyable movie where I wrote a book. I wasn't writing a movie. So at least he was wise enough to look at it that way.
3: Yeah. And that, I mean, you're right. It's got to be like super hard for, for authors because, you know, they, they, they create this thing. But the medium of, of books mm-hmm. is completely different from a film media where in order to stay engaged and to, to really um, condense things, I mean, you can't go into the amount of detail that you know like a four or five hundred page novel has Mm -hmm. so you really got to cut corners here and there and smooth things out and sometimes things have to get changed and yeah i'm I'm more of a purist i like things to be exactly (laughs) the same as you know like the comics and books that i read but at the same time you know i've grown over the years to understand that yeah you gotta sometimes things just have to be cut or be changed Mm -hmm. in order to make it work and sometimes it actually works out better and i think in this case it's it's probably one of those choices because in the original novel i mean fletch uh he i mean it's very it's similar mm-hmm. but fletch is just he's he's much more cutting yeah in his his remarks you know it's just he he's a little more mean-spirited and cynical mm-hmm. than than chevy chase is and i think the reason this actually works as a film is because you you get things like dr rosen rosen yeah you know, <laughs> you know uh mr babar yeah I right, mean, just, right just just little Little things like that, that Chevy Chase would throw in that it just mm-hmm. it feels um, it
0: feels like it fit better. And I think that's why the movie did so well. Honestly, mm-hmm. I was reading something where the car, the car chasing we talked about earlier, like they added that in. The director was like, we need some we need some action. The movies, yeah. it's getting too slow. Like, it, you know, the the thriller aspect is great or the mystery part is great. He said, but we need some kind of action. The producer's like, hey, write a figure out a way to put a car chase in it. He said he kind of went to his trailer and 45 minutes later, he wrote the scene and they had to figure out a way to shoot it and, and fit it in. So, but it, it's one of my favorite scenes now. So it, it, it worked out. <laughs> it's, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Filming began in May of 84. And they said filming in Los Angeles had to be scheduled so as not to interfere with the 84 Summer Olympics that were taking place there. So it <laughs> became a headache trying to, uh, trying to film around L.A., uh, during the, the Olympics, which I I'm I'm sure traffic alone was probably terrible uh to mm-hmm. be able to do that. Uh let's talk about casting. I'm not gonna talk about Chevy Chase because I've already covered I've covered the original vacation, <laughs> Chris's vacation. We just did three I just did three amigos uh, a couple nice. months ago. So we all know who Chevy Chase is. I'm not gonna retread any of that material. But <laughs> 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 well, we know well, we talked about you know other people they thought for you know for the role but he, he he definitely became one of his most iconic roles for sure. So uh, so next on the list is Joe Don Baker as Chief Jerry Carlin. Yeah. I think he was second billing, uh, but he's, you know, a well-beloved actor. Tall, broad-shouldered character actor with a Texan drawl. He first appeared in support in several Western vehicles, both on TV and the cinema in the mid-60s. He got himself noticed playing Steve McQueen's younger brother and Junior Bonner in 72, and then scored the lead role in the unexpected hit Walking Tall Walking 73. That's where I knew yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, interesting fact, Baker is one of only two actors to play both a major Bond nemesis, Brad Whitaker in The Living Daylights in 87, oh, and yeah. then a significant Bond ally, Jack Wade in GoldenEye in 95, and Tomorrow Never Dies in 97. So I thought that was pretty cool that he he played nemesis and ally to Bond in two different Ver- I and mean, then two two different bonds too because uh, yeah, eighty seven was and- Dalton and then mm-hmm. he had uh, Pierce Brosnan for Goldeneye, and Tomorrow Never
3: Dies. So, <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh man, The Living Daylights is one of those that just people always forget about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Poor Timothy Dalton, he he was too serious, I think, and and <laughs> people just. Yeah, he's he's pretty low on the list of bonds, unfortunately. Yeah. I actually really like that that sequel, you know, the second one he did, um License to Kill. Yes, yes. Um but The Living Daylights, so yeah,
2: it's pretty <laughs> grim. <laughs> All
0: right. So we'll talk about Dana Wheeler Nicholson as Gail stanwick Uh yeah. yeah. Uh she was only 23, which I thought was that was hard to believe. I didn't think she was that young in the movie. She plays much older. <laughs> It's in the eighties. Everybody looked older than they were. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she said she believed she got the part because she was able to make Chevy chase laugh, which I guess is important for that role. So right. And 2011, she told the Austin Chronicle, I was just a kid. I don't remember what I said. I just remembered the laughter. She also told movie geeks United. I heard he was difficult and all the rumors. I found that not to be my experience. He couldn't have been more loving and generous and protected me. It was my first big thing and he walked me through it. I have nothing but adoration for him. So good to hear good stories about Chevy Chase, especially at that point in his career. So um, well,
3: I think uh, Beverly D'Angelo has a a very similar mm -hmm. um, experience with him as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's she's well, she said that they like they are like a married couple. She said when they see each other after a long time, they're like they, they get along very much. But after a couple of weeks, they're ready to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's why the experience was good because (laughs) it's just for that time Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so uh but i you know i see her in this and like i was like she looks so familiar where i know her from she's probably most known for her role as the wife of wyatt earp in tombstone in 1993 Mm -hmm. she also did a stint on a tv show called friday night lights which i was a big fan of so she played Mm -hmm. uh, a mom on that so uh, wasn't she she in a soap opera as well she might have been, you know, there wasn't much. I tried to do some research, there wasn't a whole lot on her that I could find. So, uh, she might have been maybe not as a long standing uh, part on there. No, I uh, think I
3: remember her from one of the soap operas my mom used to watch. Oh, okay. Yeah, very possible. But
0: she could have done like some guest star roles or something, maybe not a, a full cast member. So, right, right. So, then we got Richard Libertini as Frank Walker, yeah. Fletch's editor. Uh, after a number of years is doing stage work in New York, he eventually moved to L.A. where he began doing films. Three of his most memorable characters are the Spanish-American dictator and the in in 79 with Alan Arkin and Peter Falk, the Tibetan mystic and all of me in 84 with Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin. And oh, yeah. Justice of the Peace and Best Friends in 82 with Goldie Hawn and Burt Reynolds. And I remembered him most actually as olive oil's dad from Popeye. Popeye. Yeah. That was, yeah. I saw that too. Yep. That so, was my favorite. Yep. I, I enjoyed his character in this. Like he was a good nemesis. Like, you know, the work nemesis for Fletch. Probably my favorite scene with him is uh, after Fletch has been, was in the jail with uh, the the sheriff, Jodan Baker's character. And he's like, you, you told him you went, he's like, I, I was I was the gun in my head, I, I could have been dead. He's like, Oh yeah, yeah. It's like you don't believe me, do you? I don't believe anything. He's like, it's yeah. just that whole <laughs> interaction there was like it was fantastic.
3: I like when he's trying to convince him uh, to let him go. And he's like, Come on, I'll buy some new deodorant. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> you want to go to yeah. Utah? Why are you going to Utah?
3: <laughs> yeah. Like so. The story is
0: Utah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then of course, so we got Tim Matheson as Alan Stanwyck. Tim Matheson is an American actor, of course, director and producer, perhaps best known for his portrayal of the smooth talking Eric Otter Stratton in the 78 comedy Mm -hmm. National Lampoon's Animal House. Mm -hmm. But he has had a variety of other well known roles both before and since, including critical accolades for his playing Vice President John Hoynes on the television show The West Wing, which garnered him two Primetime Emmy Award nominations for Best Guest Star in a Drama Series. He's most recently been starring in the Netflix original show virgin river that me and my wife have enjoyed watching i haven't very different that character. one yet. yeah it's, good. it's funny
3: because he's he actually is a good i mean uh he's won emmys so he's yeah, a yeah. legitimately oh, good yeah, actor yeah. but at the same time he's done like a lot of trash like, <laughs> yes. like just not very good movies that you <laughs> yeah. forget how good an actor he actually is right you know? right yeah <laughs> and, you know he was like like carol's law or, or a con man pretending to be carol's ex-husband or something in uh, the brady bunch movie sequel yes it's, yes it's, <laughs> i remember that yeah it's just like what are you, what's what's going on here
0: But mm. yeah. <laughs> you know his versatility is what works because like you'll see right like, even when it was virgin river like we started watching it and i was like i know i've seen this guy i know i know i've seen movies and our yeah. friend ron who was the one that actually told us about watching it he was like you know that's the same guy from animal House, right and i'm like oh really it's like you know it's like <laughs> But two totally different characters. Yeah. Which uh, Chevy Chase was actually up for that role. Exactly. Yeah. Which is why they thought, you know, them having the same build. The same build. Was a big issue in (laughs) in Fletch. And they say, well, that's probably why saying they had the same, they wanted the same kind of build for uh, Animal House as well. So. Right. But yeah, but he had some, some interesting things to say uh, Matheson did. So I wanted to read this. This was a good quote. He said, I got to work with one of my dear friends, Michael Ritchie, who ended up being my next door neighbor for several years. In Chevy Chase, finally, I'd known Chevy for a bit, but I'd never gotten to work with him. Chevy had been a a bad boy with a drug problem and had never really realized his potential. Mm -hmm. Fletch was the first movie he sort of straightened up on. And Michael was Harvard educated, six foot six, a brilliant director and political thinker. And he was the guy the studio thought could handle Chevy and keep him in check. And actually he could. He'd shoot the movie the way he wanted it, then do one take for Chevy, When I worked with Chevy, he'd say, just ad lib and try to break me up. Just insult me anything. When we were doing his close-ups or when my back was to the camera, I would come up with jokes or quips or anything to get a real reaction out of him. He was smart enough to know what was gold. So it was great fun working with him and Michael and getting to see how the two work together. I think Fletch and Clark Griswold are Chevy's two best roles. He's so incredibly talented and still vastly underused. So, it was good to hear and have good things to say about Chevy as well. And then I did, I read that a couple of times that this was the first film that Chase did after his rehab. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, which I think may, another reason why it's probably one of my favorites because it's, he seems to, he's still funny, but you know, it's really him. It's not, you know, the drugs uh, right, affecting his, his performance. So yeah, Tim Matheson's great. I mean, he was a good, bad guy. I remember, you know, as a kid, realizing the twist at the end or real you know as you kind of learning the story is like oh man you know this is crazy that this guy would want to do this and double cross and you know you pick tim matheson who like this straight laced you know clean cut he's not wasn't your average villain at least for a kid watching a movie that wasn't the villain quote-unquote that we were used to seeing so it wasn't that cartoonish villain that we expected right. so i thought it was good I love it at the end when he's got the Lakers jersey on, he's and kinda, trying, to yeah. look, trying to look like Fletch. I'm like, yeah, you wouldn't pass for him at all. Kind of <laughs> yeah, I assure you. <laughs> yeah. So Sorry. a few a few honorable mentions. I won't dig in too much into their past, but we all know them. Of course, M. Emmett Walsh as Dr. No- Dolan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of my favorite scenes, moon river. <laughs> <laughs> Using the whole fist there, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's good yeah. yeah just relax just relax like yeah we really don't have to do that doctor I'm I feel much better maybe I just not do enough calisthenics <laughs> kidney pain yeah yeah kidney pains that's what happens you got to watch out with the yeah. stories you tell <laughs> but uh I know this is this I may edit this out but I I was very tempted during my first prostate exam to start <laughs> singing moon river <laughs> But then, of course, George Went, also known as Norm from Cheers, Norm, as Fat, yep. Sam, Fat Sam, which I love him in this because he's so different from Norm. It's like, you know, completely. you see yeah. George Went. I mean, you know, he's so <laughs> iconic as Norm in Cheers. And then to see him in this where he's completely a different character, not that he has a whole lot of screen time, but the right. moments that he's there, it's like it's just good to see him playing a different character. So I you love it. E-
3: what does it say? You don't even get a piece of the action? No, just free junk. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah. It comes, He's comes. good. I really enjoyed his performance. I, mm. you're right. It's it's not uh, it wasn't long, but it was very mm. memorable.
0: And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely yeah. unnorm-like. Another short but memorable performance. The great Gina Davis as Larry, which was her only second film role after Tootsie in 82. Uh, I kind of wish they would have given us some understanding why her name was Larry, but I just thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. But of course it was a great, it was a great joke when he's at the hotel uh, in Utah and he's on the phone. <laughs> he's like, uh, I love your body, Larry. I love
3: everybody. <laughs> 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 and the, the, <laughs> Sorry. No, the you're good. desk lady is yes. just like, just yeah. gives him like the funniest
0: look. Like mm-hmm. what did you say? Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and then oh, uh, and, and not that I condone this behavior, but my other favorite part is when Fletch is leaving uh, the editor's office and he gives him the finger. Oh and yeah, I was then... like, yeah, me too. And then she can't do it very well. She so can't just, do it. Yeah, <laughs> I thought was really, I thought was great. But she's, I mean, she's fantastic. Once again, when I saw her name pop up in the credits at the beginning, I was like, Gina Davis is in this. What move? What part does she play? And then when she pops up, I'm like, oh, she's so yeah. great. But it's just you know, kind of a blink and miss it it's kind of a, a role. But she she gave it everything like she, You saw her her star quality shining through right. in that movie for sure. So, and
3: I think that's why it works because um, yes, it's a Chevy Chase vehicle, mm-hmm. but like all all the other characters are played by like again legitimately fantastic actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're bit parts. You know, um, some of them are character actors, but they're really good at what they do. Yeah,
0: and it shows through the film. Mm-hmm. There's a
3: lot of joy there, and you can oh, feel yeah. it.
0: Yeah. And so my last one I have to bring up because when he popped up on the screen, I was like, Uncle Phil, Uncle Phil, James I <laughs> James Avery. And his his credit is detective number two. That's his that was his role. You know, I'm sure very early in his career. But uh, but if you're Before a fresh prince shredder. Of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 If you're a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air fan, you knew you knew as soon as he came in, had more hair in this movie than he it did is. as Uncle Phil. But but still really good. Anybody else in the cast you want to? mention oh, that i might um
3: miss- yes the, the real quick the what's his name uh george weiner as the the lawyer you know the the alimony
0: lawyer uh, mm-hmm. from- <laughs> mm. his his ex-wife's lawyer yes yes i did i forgot <laughs> to put him in there yes yeah Open your coat <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about fletch's apartment for a second did, you not, go for it, yeah. did you not want to have life-size picture of was it Larry Bird and Kareem and Kareem? Like, I think, yeah. Or I think it was, it was just Kareem, yeah. But uh, and then this little whatever that little ejector button that got the ball off. When he, yeah, yeah, that
3: was so cool. Yeah. I remember seeing that when I was little and like wanting it. Yeah, exactly. I, of course, I, I never found it anywhere. I didn't mm-hmm. know what it was or what, but I just thought it was so cool. Like you, you know, you'd make the basket and then mm-hmm. it would like just you know shoot it back at you. It was it was,
0: oh man. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's like the props department mm-hmm. good job guys yeah
0: <laughs> totally unbelievable for his apartment but it was cool for the movie he's like you yeah know, just which, what you would want uh but i love that scene where he's like oh i could hear it here it is ed mcmahon i could i'm not a winner <laughs> <laughs> so, Ooh, cash yeah <laughs> he's so uh, excited. Yeah, yeah i saw my pimp today uh so <laughs> So many great lines, There's so many
3: good lines <laughs> and they're
0: all just, just that quick, that quick wittedness. And I think that was, um, there were ta- I was reading some articles talking about why, why Fletch has, you know, has, be, has stayed, you know, so memorable. And I think it was, I want to say it was the author. And he said, I think with, you know, with Chevy's performance, he's like, every guy wants to be that, like, it's, it's, yeah. that, it's that we, I think we, me and Ron talked about this before, on one of our other episodes, but it's like, everybody wants to be as quick-witted as him. Everybody wants to have Mm -hmm. that kind of, I don't really care what happens to me kind of mentality. Like he can just, you know, he's not swarmy in the sense where he's mean spirited. He's just, he's just saying what he feels and doesn't care about the consequences, but it's not, he's not mean spirited anybody, which is why it's funny, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He, he really, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he really knocked it out of the park and the fact that he can just get those quips out like mm-hmm. super fast is uh i mean it's it's really is just comedy comedy gold there you know yeah yeah,
0: yeah. like the other one was uh when he's talking to bart to, to uh, stanwick's wife and he was like i thought you knew him from the war i did you're in the war no i got him out uh, you know I, say, uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought just say you saved his life in the war well you're in the war no i i, I wasn't i i got him out yeah whatever i messed the line up but you know what i'm talking about so
1: yeah and now these messages what's up dudes i'm jerry d of totally rad christmas the podcast that talks all things christmas in the 80s toys movies specials music books fashion and fads
0: if it was gnarly during christmas
2: in the 80s he's got it covered wait is there a lot of things to talk about for the
1: 80s and christmas Well, you got the movie giants like Christmas Vacation, Scrooged, and A Christmas Story. There are TV specials like Muppet Family Christmas, Claymation Christmas Celebration, and a Garfield Christmas special.
2: Plus classics shown every year.
1: You also jam out to Last Christmas, Do They Know It's Christmas, and Christmas in Hollis. But most of all, it was a time for the most bodacious, best-selling Christmas toys ever. Like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers.
0: And Cabbage Patch Kids.
1: Yes, them too. We cover them all, plus much more, including standard segments like Hap Hap Happiest Memory, Gag Me With the Spoon, The Other Half of the Battle,
2: and Chant With the Littles.
1: So tune in to Totally Rad Christmas everywhere you get your podcasts. Turn the clock back and dive into those warm and fuzzy memories.
2: Later, dudes!
1: Comic books have been
0: around for almost a century. So join us for moving panels and I'll see you on the other side of the page. Let's talk about scenes that, 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 we haven't already, but uh, <laughs> is there a, do you have an iconic scene? Like one scene that stands tall above them all?
3: I mean, there's so many good ones. The one that I think of most when someone says Fletch is mm-hmm. when he plays Gordon Liddy Uh and, you know, he's like an, an aviation repairman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's got the fake teeth mm-hmm. and his hair is slicked back. And yeah. uh, you know, it's all ball bearings. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all this gook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one, uh, that one always cracks me up. You know, he's he's mm-hmm. going to investigate. And uh, he finds out that Alan Stanwyck burns enough planes, uh, planes, excuse me, enough fuel. <laughs> right. Uh, burns enough fuel to travel to Colombia. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um because the whole thing essentially is that there's a big uh, drug smuggling ring Mm -hmm. and the cops are in on it stanwick's in on it right he tells his wife because he's originally from utah that he's going to visit his parents Mm -hmm. you know every weekend but really he's going to pick up the drugs right and then they kind of funnel it through fat sam you know norm's Mm -hmm. character and and the cops and uh so so he's at that place and he's yeah just kind of you know BSing his way through this uh interview <laughs> and he just mentions uh you know um that he needs he can fix it you know mm-hmm. uh the manifold or whatever but he yeah. got some ball bearings and they're like what
2: yeah
0: yeah i love it when he's he's at top and he's like they're down here he's like i know i'm just trying to get a bird's eye view yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know where they are or <laughs> when he uh one of my other favorite is when he's, he's starting to leave and they ask him a question. And he comes back say, and he puts his arm on the piece. And says, hey. Oh, yeah. like, hey, like, yeah, Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he burns his hand. <laughs> just the, you know, that's like this, the, it's like just the physical comedy It's the quips. It all, mm. it all works. It all works. Oh man. Yeah. That's one of my favorite, like all of the, the characters as well. Yeah. And I think like as a kid, that's probably one thing that uh, that drew me to it was to see the different characters because it was, it kept it entertaining. Like even the dream sequence of him playing with <laughs> the Lakers too, yeah. is, is still funny. You know
3: uh, what, do they, what do they say? Six, four with the, <laughs> afro, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's
0: <a> good. One. <laughs> so, so it's like the, all those scenes. And then when he's the uh, uh, was a uh, Harry S Truman, you, that, that's your real name. No, oh yeah. Yeah. My uh, parents are big Truman fans. Yeah, so uh I mean those are all really great um iconic scene. It's tough for me. Like there's just so many there's so many great scenes in it. No, I don't have one. <laughs> like, I, I, know, I, one I know, I know just there's so like, many good yeah. ones. Uh when he's when he's the you know the guest of the underhills at, oh, the, yes. at the club. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I know which one of my my favorite scene, the iconic scene for me is is when he's at the uh he's running from the cops and he ends up at the moose lodge oh and he jumps that's a up good and he's one it was like too, thanks yeah. thank you sammy and the he's Dorf, just kind of Dorfman. yeah he's like totally just ad-libbing but then when he's he gets he's like you know reach out and touch a, out. Cop. Yeah, yeah. A, cop. a cop yeah hug a cop yeah and then he starts singing the star spangled banner and they're all like you know taking their hat off it's like it was like oh they're man. just kind of inching their way yeah. slowly to him the cops <laughs> yeah and I'm like i'm like only chevy chase could pull that scene off and be like you know because he's like it's quick-witted and he's changing right. and it's keeping everybody on their toes uh yeah that's so that that is one of my favorite scenes is, is that that whole yeah and some of the part. some of it i'm not going to repeat on here it's not bad but just <laughs> he's talking about the, the the guest of honor but yeah <laughs> but it's, it's funny yeah. that's great that's that's yeah. one of my favorites but yeah, of course
3: like, the uh the doctor you know with mm-hmm. uh when he's pretending to be the doctor as well oh and, yeah rosen rosen what's your name do- dr rosen, rosen. Yeah. what what you're, you're do- dr. Dr. dr rosen yes yeah. yeah. where, are the, where
2: are the record room you can
3: so take he, the elevator thank you very much and so <laughs> uh yeah and then he goes and he's talking with the uh the the coroner mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah that's a great well yeah. you
0: never get used to the smell do you <laughs> he just topples over and then I love it when he wakes up, and then he sees, you know, the uh, the other doctor in the examination room. He's like, <laughs> yeah. "I'm hyperventilating." And can I, can I get the- you anything? Uh, do you have the Beatles' White Album? Right, right. <laughs> uh, and then I, then I, I and it made me, I remember the scene that made me laugh as a kid, where he's got the bag, like he's supposed to be breathing into it, but he's talking, but he has it to the side of his to mouth, side, yeah, <laughs> to kind of block his face, and he's talking to her about, you know, because he's trying to decide, he's figuring out that. Stammick doesn't have cancer and he's finding right. his files and all that kind of stuff. So, right. uh, that that whole scene was really, really, really funny and smart. Uh, I thought was really good.
3: <laughs> he, uh, what did he say? The doctor was a little surprised that you fainted. Oh, well, uh, yeah. I could have sworn see, that that was that that was, man was my brother.
0: Yeah. Oh, did you see his spleen? Spitting image. Spitting image, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the nurse is like, really? I mean, like the nurse was like, you know, she, she right. was with him. Oh goodness, yeah.
3: <laughs> so according to this, Alan Stanwick doesn't have cancer. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, he'll be so relieved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. Oh, man, there's so many good ones. Uh, mm-hmm. th- that one, um, you, like you said, the the you know, can I borrow your towel? Yeah. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. That whole bit, uh, bit, or later on when, um, when he's he goes back to tell her, you know, all about alan and, and utah mm-hmm. and how he's actually oh, yeah, married yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, he's
0: like well let's uh let's go lay down on the bed and
3: i'll fill you in you know i mean yeah. <laughs> you know or uh,
0: yeah when he when when he comes in and she's like uh after the whole towel scene and you see her in the in the uh in the bathroom drying her hair it's like make yourself comfortable and it shows him laying you know full out on the bed like he's just fully relaxed <laughs> yeah. i always loved that part uh, yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah and then of course Underhill finding out he's been using his name for the bill and he's banging on the on the door. Oh yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. why would you do that? Well, I wouldn't expect you to have to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> so... <laughs> oh no, no, my one of my favorite lines is when after the buffalo line and she says, I need to go change. No, I think you should say the same wonderful yeah. person you are. She's same like, I mean my person. clothes. Yeah. So, you know, just those great, great lines. Great lines. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Then um
3: Talking when you know the other doctor scene where he's uh, you know, trying to get as much information about Alan Stanhope as he can, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and with the whole Moon River part, yeah. And uh, he's you know, the doctor's asking him, um, Are you Mr. Babar <laughs>
2: or, or Mr. Babar, barber, like, oh, barber no,
3: yeah. yeah, yeah, no, Babar, B A B A, or what does he say? He says, a two B's, just one, yeah, just one, B A B A R, that's two
0: yep and they're not two together but not next to yeah right next to each other which i thought that's what's yeah <laughs> and then uh and then you know there's a, a famous book about a elephant named babar i don't know i don't have any any children no elephant no, books, elephant books. <laughs> 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 so, good. so
3: good uh joan or margaret uh-huh
2: yep. mm-hmm.
3: yeah <laughs> well, which one uh margaret Right, it's crazy old bird.
0: Right. Oh yeah, I can tell you some stories. I bet you could.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: shame what happened to Larry. Oh yeah, such a shame. So 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 sudden, sudden. sudden. Oh, Even then, for, died for, for sick for years. Yeah, but it was still sudden. You know, we know at the end, he had been on life support for three weeks. But you know, right right when he died, that was that was the very end.
3: So sudden. Oh gosh. Oh man. Or his interaction with the police chief oh yeah oh yeah that whole bit i mean joe don baker he can do Mm -hmm. intimidating because Mm -hmm. i mean i remember thinking as a kid like he's really gonna like like this Mm -hmm. guy's bad guy he's really gonna hurt him oh yeah you know he's like i'm gonna you know stick myself with or i'm gonna shoot you and then stick myself with a knife Mm -hmm. you know and say with self-defense he's like you're serious aren't you Mm -hmm. Um, we used to
0: do this way in the back in the old days
3: yeah exactly it's like oh man this Mm -hmm. this cat is i mean he's for real Mm -hmm. uh but then there's that bit with tommy lasorda as well yeah oh yeah yeah (laughs) he's like hey that's you and tommy lasorda Uh i hate hate tommy lasorda (laughs) and he punches (laughs) the (laughs) frame
0: apparently that was a deleted scene yeah uh, yeah there was that wasn't included yeah another dream sequence Mm -hmm. where he was like the relief pitcher but tommy lasorda wouldn't give him the ball or something like that yeah yeah
3: yeah he takes him out of the game i get Mm -hmm. like he's done or something
0: yeah yeah but going back to that scene with joe Don baker in the cell mm-hmm. like even wa- like watching it the other day and I, I i really paid attention this time was like that's one of those scenes like chase is a great com- comedic actor but you can see the fear in his eyes yeah. there at the end like he's it's like he's joked his way to a point where he's like i can't i can't joke my way out of the scene mm-hmm. like i'm i'm my life is really in date like i think in his comments like gotta tell my call my mother tell her i love her you know it's like that, at that <laughs> after that point it was like I'm not going to be able to talk my way out of this. Like I'm I'm really in trouble. And so that was to me, that kind of showed like Chevy Chase could really act like he wasn't just a goofball making, making jokes. Like he had some real chops in that scene for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And (laughs) I mean,
3: he does what he has to do to get away. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then of course he goes to his, that's when he goes to his boss and Mm -hmm. he he doesn't believe him. You know, that scene Mm -hmm. you were talking about earlier. right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then of course the very end, the ending is amazing so yes. he goes to alan stanwick's house because alan stanwick you know mm-hmm. the, the main villain he hires him to kill him yeah which is a strange proposition mm-hmm. and he's like well you know why and he tells him he's got bone cancer and he's he's going to be you know dying slowly he wants it to be quick and painless he can't mm-hmm. kill himself or the insurance money's void right so he hires chevy chase to do it now chevy chase had been uh, at this point like undercover on the beach as like a junkie Mm-hmm. so alan stanwick had been scoping him out as like a junkie and so the, at the end when he when he goes to to meet them all you know it's uh he was gonna take his place he's wearing his clothes the jersey we're
0: talking about mm-hmm.
3: uh, but that whole bit with like stanwick and and carlin
0: that's mm-hmm. another just great scene there oh yeah know? yeah i remember being shocked as a kid when he shot you know when he just uh, shoots carlin him yeah. shot, you know it's like and the reaction is like it's like ooh, this is like intense like you know yeah. For a, for a PG movie that I saw when I was, you know, had to have been 85, probably saw in 86. So like 12, you know, 12 yeah. or 13. So mm-hmm. still still pretty, pretty intense. But yeah, the ending is great. Like putting all the pieces together, him yeah. reading, you know, him reading the the uh, article, you know, uh, and, you know, put it all together. And then, of course, Carlin coming in and and adding another piece to it as well. Like, you know, right don't tell me you're going to you're going to skip town and take that you know the money i was like you guys got to think some to work out we're just going to go catch the last <laughs> yeah we're just going to sleep so uh which was great so yeah it, it and i was gonna say even that even thinking about it again today like the beginning it it really kind of jumps right into the story there's not it a really whole does. lot of, there's not a whole lot hmm. of build up or like hey let's give us 30 minutes of who Fletch is. Like you, you see him on the beach, you know, he's, of course he's got the little voiceover that kind of, you know, fills in some blanks for you as well. But that scene with Stanwick is like, what, not even 20 minutes in, maybe mm-hmm. 15 minutes in the movie. So they, they jumped to the plot very early, which was smart. That's keeping it, you know, quick uh, and, and clean editing. So I was like, <clears throat> if this would have been made today, you probably, you know, that would have been more like the second act and then right. We're going to skip some of the other stuff later, but would have been like a two and a half hour movie or something. Right. 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 So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I thought that was really smart for the director and the writer to be like, let's, you know, let's establish what's happening first. And that yeah. way that gives, that gives chase time to play as the story evolves without having to feel like those scenes have to be rushed or cut down because, Oh, we're, you know, we're, we're an hour and 15 into the movie before we right. find out, what you know that you know stanwick's hired him to kill him because you know they would have shown all the uh all of his surveillance of watching chase you know right. on the beach and all that kind of stuff so uh, <laughs> i do like when he goes back to the beach and he's wearing
3: uh you know he's, he's got that yeah yeah the fake, wig. Uh, bald you know cap and uh and the beard and the beard and he's wearing <clears throat> like that long almost like nightgown looking thing mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's roller skating and he he lands right by you know he crashes gummy. right right by uh the gummy and fat sam and mm-hmm. he's like like you don't know me sam he's like my pleasure brother Fletch <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is that you yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: don't say my name don't say my name Man, good stuff all right well let's hit a few trivia scenes and if we think of any other any other scenes we'll i think we've covered just about all of it at this i think point, we have it's just so good it's it so, is. such a fun it's, movie it's it's memorable so we talked about the banquet scene. So uh, right. it's, it's in the honor of Fred Dorfman. Fred Dorfman was the name of Kent Flounder Dorfman's brother and National Lampoon's Animal House. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's that another nod to Animal House there. So this was, I know we talked about kind of the leaded scene about the, the Tommy Lasorda scene. There was another scene where Fletch was as a hockey player that didn't make the final cut, but they left the picture of him as the, as the hockey player in the original movie poster.
3: I remember that. I remember seeing it and I, I was a little confused by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, man, I wish like, I, yeah. I wish that they would restore some of these scenes, mm-hmm. you know, if, like yeah. if they ever found footage
0: of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't able to find any deleted scenes online. I don't think there's any, I don't think on, they, any, of the, on any of the special features and stuff. So
3: they're probably in a warehouse
0: somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Before they knew that that, that stuff was, was gold that you didn't just right. throw it away. So, right. Uh, and then we talked about Harold Fal- Faltermeyer. Did you know he replaced Tom Scott as the composer for Fletch? Mm-hmm. He had originally composed a piece of music for a dream sequence, but Billy Idol was recording nearby. Idol stopped by and told Faltermeyer that the piece would be perfect for this movie he'd heard about called Top Gun. Sir Faltermeyer dropped it from Fletch and became the Top Gun anthem.
3: Nice. Yeah, I, <laughs> I knew you'd like cool. that. I knew you like that. That's super cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Billy Idol. That's what a way to go to, to get there, but Hey, yeah, that, as long as you get there, you know, and, and I'll say, I
0: only found that in one spot of my research is this could be Hollywood legend, but it's too good not to share. For real. <laughs> so, so I don't, I don't claim that it's fact. I just thought it was cool. So just everybody knows. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, awesome. But yeah, but that, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a whole lot of trivia really behind the scenes stuff. A lot of the stuff, you know, is, is kind of there in the movie. It's
3: much better than Fletch Lives. I still like Fletch Lives, but yeah. it's just it, it. Fletch Lives didn't quite have the same oomph. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, you know, I guess that's typical of sequels. But mm-hmm.
0: um. my plan is to watch it like I, I remember watching Fletch Lives. I think I only saw once. I've never rewatched it. And mm-hmm. so going back and watching, it's like, you know what? I want to go back and watch the second one. And maybe, you know, being older, I may see it differently. But I was reading about it and they said that Fletch Lives was not based on any of the novels. It was a uh, right. different it was a different script. Which didn't have this it didn't have the same, you know, feel to it. And also Chevy Chase said that it was actually made during the writer's strike. So he wasn't allowed to oh, do no. any rewrites on it either. They kind of made it where it was a very much ad-libbed movie. And yeah. he felt like he was trying to carry the movie all in himself. And that's yeah, and you can a tell. lot of it's a lot of pressure to put on him. Yeah. Uh, so and and I just remember just not working. Like I don't I don't remember much about it. Besides, it was set in Louisiana. That's really all I really remember. Yeah, about he like
3: uh, he goes to. I remember if it was a family home. Or yeah, something. It was like he was
0: he was supposed to inherit like a, inherit, a mansion yeah. or something. Like that. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I just I'll, remember it doesn't hold up. Yeah. yeah, I'll eventually go back and watch it because I'm you know it's just I, just to see it. It but came out in '89, so we'll, we'll 89, cover it. Yeah. We'll cover it eventually, but uh, but yeah, it I, it was disappointing, and that was one thing that I think uh, I don't know if it was Richie that said that Michael Richie said because he didn't. I don't think he directed the he directed the second one anyway, but he made the comment about because they didn't use the books for the second one that mm-hmm. really hurt him because he said that if they would have if they would have chosen to use one of the original books as a storyline he could have has had he could have had his own real franchise I think least, yeah he said there could have been like five really good Fletch movies if they would have done the second one right but because they didn't they kind of killed that whole that whole thing so.
3: Yeah, that's a that's a huge bummer Mm because because, you know, like we've been saying, he's Chase is just so good in it. I mean, can you imagine like a whole series just of Mm -hmm. these this character, like all the fun, crazy things that he would have gotten into and Mm -hmm. and the characters he could have played? Oh, man. Yeah. Almost one of those like, oh, we were robbed, but (laughs) it is what it is. You know, it is. it is. It's so. kind of a shame, but I, I would have liked to. I would have watched a whole bunch of them, especially mm-hmm. ones based on the the novels. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, well. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about box office and then we'll, we'll start to wrap this thing up. Bergman mentioned that Chevy was very hot. And the great thing that was that Universal always thought Fletch was a hit movie and they treated it like a hit, even when at first, even when the first previews weren't that good. They never got frightened. They just said it was a hit. They were selling it like a hit, and then it was a hit. That was a very fun project. <laughs> that was really good. Like, hey, they had confidence behind it, even when the test screenings weren't always that great. So, But yeah. Fletch was released on May 31st, 1985. It debuted in second place behind Rambo First Blood Part Two, with a gross of $7 million, which doesn't sound like a whole lot of money. To come in second place, but
3: but well, but yeah,
0: but I, in eighty, I yeah. mean, in eighty five, though, that's still quite, that's a still bit. good, yeah, yeah. It went on to make fifty million in North America and nine million in the rest of the world, with a worldwide total of fifty nine million. The film performed well on home video as well, earning twenty four million dollars in rentals. <laughs> so their their checks were nice. Yes, <laughs>
3: I'm
0: gonna. Check well, I mean, something. that's
3: where we saw it, so it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. Rotten Tomatoes is kind of an un, unknown. We, we know that it got a 77% on the tomato meter, but I do not have the audience score because Rotten Tomatoes servers have been down before I was able to do my research. Uh, but IMDB has it at 6.9 out of 10 with a 68 on Metacritic, which I think is n- terribly, terribly incorrect. Too low, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Even 77 is low to me. Like I think me too. It's, it's not a perfect movie. No, but it's definitely in the '80s, like you know, it goes to '80s movie. But I mean, it's definitely in the in the '80s <laughs> range <laughs> of under, yeah.
3: Uh, no, no, like, I I agree though. I I yeah. completely agree. It's got to be like like mid to upper '80s, maybe even low '90s. I think, uh mm-hmm. depending on you know your yeah like what category you put it in. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it's just it's fun. It's dumb. I I love it, but at the same time, it even though it's it's. You don't have to pay super attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do, I think you're rewarded because you can put the pieces together. Oh yeah, and uh, and it's just a a great mystery. And Chevy yeah. Chase brings it at home with all his, you know, all his comments. Oh yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, it's nothing of a sexual nature. I assure you. Yeah, I assure <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm dressed up like a little Bo Peep. Am little I? Bo Peep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: mean,
3: I mean, we probably could just do nothing except quote the movie exactly like the
0: rest of the episode so (laughs) i'll I'll try to restrain myself (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean of course i do my ratings based on rewatchability and this is this is this ranks very high on rewatchability and to say like even for it being i mean the whole it is a mystery thriller so it's like Mm -hmm. even though i know how it ends i still want to go back and watch it again not because i'm trying to pick up on clues you know to help me see what i missed just because it's fun. I mean, it's, it, the bits, the, the characters that he becomes the, like you said, the supporting cast, which all mm-hmm. are bringing their a game They're, they're, they're all working with us together as a team. It just, it, it, it works on so many levels, but that's why I enjoy going back and watching it uh, like even watching it twice within a week and not being bored the second time. Like I still enjoy yeah. lines uh, and all the bits as, as much the second time as i did the first time so
3: and and um, just talking about it right now
0: makes mm-hmm. me want to go
3: back and watch, watch it, it again. again yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so <laughs> the bit that gets me though uh, that's definitely of its time is when they're like looking through the uh the the at you know all the the old newspapers for uh mm-hmm. Alan on like oh, microfilm yeah, yeah. micro micro
0: microfish micro or microfish. microfish, yeah 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 <laughs> yep. it's like oh i remember that yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> That's before we had Google Kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean it and this thing, it's it it has its 80s moments, but it's not it's not stuck in the like it's not a total eighties where you can't you can't relate to the story, you know. Right. So yeah, uh, it still well, works.
3: I mean it's basically a man trying to you know skip town mm-hmm. with a bunch of money You're Right. fake exactly. his death. And I mean that's like the, the main plot, mm-hmm. and then you get all these other subplots. So I think that kind of transcends, you know, just mm-hmm. the decade that it was set in. Um, but because it was in the 80s with, like, the excess and the billionaires mm-hmm. and everything, I think oh, that's yeah, what yeah. kind of makes it play a little bit better. And
0: then, yeah. of course, the score, you know, Falter oh, yeah, score just... <laughs> I will say, though, because I've noticed this, like, I watched something else recently. Mm-hmm. And, like, when they show the computer screen on the mm-hmm. screen and you see the old, like, the really <laughs> old uh whatever that i can't remember what it used to call what that like like dos or something yeah dos like the (laughs) the the green like the green like for real green screen and the lettering and uh even in hd it's like it's still blurry and fuzzy like how did we (laughs) that's why our eyes are bad at this age because (laughs) you kind of see these fuzzy images on the little on a green screen you uh, know, we had the Oregon Trail and uh, <laughs> Pitfall, <laughs> and right, exactly. Atari and DOS. There right, you go. DOS, Yeah, <laughs> we played. Uh, yeah, like we. I tell the story like we we got the Atari, and we had Space Invaders, which came with Atari. Oh, and we played nice. it so much that the little the little drop things from the aliens that we were supposed to dodge, we mm-hmm. couldn't see them anymore. Like eventually, that <laughs> part of the game got broken. So oh, we wow. would just we there was no way we could win because we couldn't see the. Little bombs coming towards us. So crazy, crazy. Well, this has been fun. Awesome. Fletch is awesome. It's a great movie. Uh, I would say if you haven't seen it, but if you've made it this far, hopefully you've seen it. Even if we spoiled <laughs> the movie for you, you could still go back and watch it and enjoy it. But if you haven't watched it in a while, go back and watch it again and then listen to the episode and laugh at all our bad attempts to recreate the coming comedic <laughs> moments. But uh, but Jerry, tell us what's going on with Totally Rad Christmas. I got a couple of
3: mini episodes dropping first uh, because I'm really just kind of buying time so I can edit the uh, the radies. So by the oh time yeah. this airs, the uh, second annual Totally Rad Christmas Awards uh, will have just dropped on the 14th of April.
0: Awesome! Uh, super excited, which I was, which which I was nominated. So make sure you, if you haven't, well, I guess it's too late now to place your vote. But <laughs> it's a, yeah, sorry uh
3: sorry about that but you were nominated for for uh radis action flick which yep. uh, that was a great episode that we mm-hmm. did um and looking forward to to doing it again for cobra pretty soon yeah here we go I, i've got yeah uh-huh. cobra coming up uh dungeons and dragons episode mm, that nice. i'm working on um hoping i'm, I'm working on uh, uh hopefully i've got katie lee the voice mm-hmm. of uh of a lot of beloved cartoon characters like mm-hmm. sunny gummy and, oh, and yeah. Sheila the thief from D and uh, uh ralph from muppet babies and oh very so she's cool Be on the show um, nice yeah it's gonna be fun and then i got a couple of easter episodes coming out too like uh mm-hmm. the berenstein bears you know um the, their easter surprise one and uh and also the the here comes peter cottontail that they used to show throughout the 80s oh yeah oh yeah it so I'm excited uh, for, for some of those things, but mostly right now the biggest thing is just the ratties and, and all that. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's much more ambitious than it was the year before. Oh wow. So it's taking a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> but, cool. Yeah, I can't wait to to have you on and to talk Cobra and yes. you know, and Sylvester Owl. Stallone and his most Sylvester
0: Stallone ish <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and his matchstick in his mouth yeah like, yeah yeah so i'll watch it again because i've already watched it a few times thinking Me too. we're going yeah. <laughs> to yeah. record and then things happen so but i'll 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 suffer through it again <laughs> there was a lot
3: of things i didn't remember uh, about it before mm-hmm. watching it again and, mm-hmm. and now of course i've seen it like like uh, two or three times but before then i hadn't seen it in decades and and we'll get mm-hmm. to it when you're on the show you know, oh but, yeah yeah that's but, yeah, yeah one. so so you can oh, definitely, definitely be fun. Uh, but you can find me at totallyradchristmas.com, our new website. Um, awesome. Of course, anywhere there's uh, you get your podcasts, I'm on. And uh, I'm, I'm
0: on Facebook and Instagram at totallyradchristmas Christmas and Twitter at Rad Christmas. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Jerry, for being a part. It's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Got to have you back again real soon. Hope you guys have a great uh, rest of your day. I don't know why I'm saying that because I don't know you want to listen to it anyway. We start over. So um, <laughs> it's always I,
3: good to wish people a
0: great day. <laughs> it is. It is. It's like I get to the end. I'm like, how do I end these shows? I do it all the time. So, but make sure that you just like you're following uh, Jerry and totally right Christmas. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook. I'm on TikTok now, which is a Ooh. monster in itself. I haven't done that yet. I I, I jumped in the pool and it's, I'm trying to keep up. So, but I'm doing a cool series right now. I should still, should still be doing it while I'm doing this fits. but I've been going through and um, I've got a multiple part series of forgotten eighties flicks where I'm giving some trivia and showing trailers of like movies that we have not covered on the podcast because they're so obscure or people that, and I'm doing little polls on Instagram, asking people, have you seen it? Have you not seen it? have you never heard of it? So we've talked to speaking of Chevy, Chevy chase. I think the first Chevy chase movie I saw was called under the rainbow with him and Carrie Fisher from 1981. Wow. And so, uh, that is definitely obscure. Yes. So some <laughs> really obscure movies. So if you're like a really for real diehard eighties fan, uh, check out the, that series on TikTok, and I'm moving some of it, a, the different version over on Instagram as well. So I'm um, trying to do a little bit more on the, uh, on the social media front. But, but make sure you follow us and follow Jerry and Totally Red Christmas. Until then, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. If you'd like to continue the conversation, we have a few ways for you to do just that. One way is to send us an email to movieviewspodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message through the Anchor app. You can find the link to leave a voice message in our episode show notes. Hey, and while you're there, be sure to check out the episode show notes to find more fun facts and behind-the-scenes trivia we just weren't able to fit into today's episode. Well, that's all for now. Join us again next time for another 80s flick flashback.